0: Welcome, I'm Julian Moss-Backman and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. You know, it's always nice to go out on the road and mingle with people, but it sure is awfully nice when you get back in your office and you're able to sit with your surroundings. And for me, it's my dog and my cat (laughs) and my accoutrements on the walls and just my plain old desk that I've had forever. Anyway, the reason I'm saying all that is because I was on the road last week, if you've been following along. I finally had my wonderful event in Chicago. Now, mind you, the book has been out for a while now, Beyond the Pews, Breaking With Tradition, and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown. And for some reason, I could never get a Chicago gig together, not because I didn't have authors, but because... Things just didn't feel right. And I talk about time and time again, week after week, in fact, year after year, about divine timing and uh, waiting for the stars to align, I suppose. (laughs) If you want to go way out in that atmosphere of the wacky, I suppose, at some level. Waiting for the right people to present itself in the right time. And April 3rd, if you weren't able to attend or even if you didn't know about it, it was an event that I held in Chicago. And it just seemed like everything lined up together for April 3rd, 2014. And I had an event with some of my really close dear friends that I admire so much. Sometimes I pinch myself to say how blessed am I to be around such talented people. I had hosted an event, it was called Triumphant Expression of Three, with two of my other gifted friends, John Mulder, who's a jazz musician in Chicago area, and Erica Hilton, who is the owner and curator of where the event was held, which was the Hilton Contemporary on Well Street in downtown Chicago. It was a glorious event because of the people that attended, but also because of the intent behind what it was supposed to be about. I'm very protective of a lot of friendships that I have, but I told a story that night last Thursday about my relationship with John Mulder. And those of you that don't know John Mulder, let me fill you in a little bit. He's a Catholic priest, believe it or not. But he's also a world-famous jazz musician. And he and I get together often and we talk about a plethora of everything that comes up. We talk about our families. We talk about our travels. But somehow it always settles back into a religious and spiritual conversation And I can't tell you how many times we've laughed in the past about how we grew up knowing and being told by our parents, especially mine, um, not to mix religion and money together in mixed conversations with people that you meet. I suppose the rationale for that is that it's such a charged topic for people And when you start talking about belief systems, people get all riled up, don't they? Everybody has a way of seeing the world and especially in the spirit realm, people usually don't change their ideas from where they start, but they might have a base to work on and a way of expressing themselves as they get older and more in tune with that spirit voice inside ourselves I'm always chatting about. So anyway, I think we had met sometime in January of this year, and we were sitting around talking about spirituality as we always do in religion, and John Mulder was working on his new new um, creation. He works in pieces, so he had played a bit of his piece of his new creation that had been channeled through him and we were talking about what it meant to him and where it was going. And after that conversation, I was driving home and I thought to myself, maybe I am looking at the idea of how we find our spiritual self within ourselves. Maybe I need to expand and think about that a little bit more. Because when I wrote my book and the thoughts I've had, a lot of times we're looking outside ourselves for that voice to connect with us through maybe meditation, yoga, religious services and such. And when I was driving home, it occurred to me that very moment, maybe it's something different. Maybe it's about the way we use our senses to be creative in the world. Maybe it's not a matter of us finding it, whatever it is in your mind. Maybe it's already within us and it's creatively expressing itself through the way that we connect the arts and such with the world. So as I was driving home, I came up with this idea of it's the creative arts that we should be exploring, that maybe that's the avenue to take instead of working so hard like many of us do to connect to that inner voice and maybe it's been with us the whole time. So as I started putting the panel together and I thought to myself, I don't want to speak all by myself. (laughs) I've done enough of those. And nowadays, people don't come out for just one artist. I think that's a mistake. I've decided that when you have just one artist and one perspective, it's good to listen to that perspective, but maybe it makes it more enjoyable if you can hear it from all different directions. Maybe from the music tones that a person plays on a guitar like John. And then I started thinking, well... If I'm going to do that, and I use the written word, I need to bring in somebody else. So that's how I stumbled upon Erica Hilton. Erica Hilton and I have been very close friends, and she's an artist in Chicago as well. She's a visual artist, and she owns a gallery called Contemporary Gallery in Chicago, and I thought it would be an interesting dynamic to bring Erica in as well. Now, Erica has been in the art world forever, and she has represented different artists from all over the world and had several different showings in galleries in downtown Chicago. And she's always been a poet, and she has the way with words that just floor me. You know, I used to think poetry was a strange little addendum to writing, but now, since I've been with more poets, I'm beginning to realize, as a poet myself, that it's harder to put more thoughts and perspectives in shorter words (laughs) than it is to have the ability to write a big, long story about the same subject. So poetry, to me, has moved up on my thoughts list, and I appreciate it much more. So Zerka tells people, she was a poet first, and then from that, she started seeing visual creation. From her words, she started seeing visual aspects and abstract drawings and paintings coming through, and she started to paint on canvases. So I thought she would be a wonderful addition to this triad that I talked about last Thursday. The last point that I want to talk about is the name. When John and I were talking extensively, we decided that we didn't want to use words that had been overused. You know the words, spiritual, soul, faith contemplation, all these different words that people use nowadays to describe the channel and way in which we connect with our inner soul self. So I really stepped back and took all that in and really tried to come up with a word or a description that was much broader than the myopic topic of soul voice and spirituality. So With some help from my Imagine Publicity, Delilah, we did some more brainstorming, and we came up with the word triumvirate. Now, I have been accused in the last couple weeks of describing that word (laughs) and not being able to say it. It's so funny. When you don't think about it, you can roll it right off the tongue, but under nervous circumstances, I kept pronouncing it wrong, but I think I finally have figured it out. I chose the word triumphant and the expression of three because if you look up the word, it's actually a military word that was used years and years and thousands, and hundreds of years ago to describe the power of three. How much have we talked about using and the power of three? People talk about the the triad in a religious sect, in the Hindu sect, in the Sikh sect, in all different kind of religions. But what happens when you take it out of that situation and you apply it to the creative arts? I thought it was a perfect word to use. And last week, people were talking about the word because, A, a lot of them had never heard the word triumphant. And the other part of the story was, how in the world could I take a word like that, meaning power, and over people and over situations, and apply it to the creative arts? And more importantly, how could I apply it to the spirituality of people? People had a nice reaction to it because they realized, wait a minute. It's not the actions that's behind the word triumvirate. It's the power and the willingness that comes with the word. We are only as good as the people that we surround ourselves with. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and friends and other experts that I've had on forever. I learned so much So that is how I came up with the triumvirate word and the expression of three. The night was absolutely magical. John started the evening off with talking about how he connects to his own source to create his his sounds and melodies and eventually songs that he produces album after album. I talked about how I'm able to tap into my own source like using an electric socket in the wall. You climb in and you plug in and you come very quiet so you can hear. I talked about how sometimes being in a space of creativity is a lonely space. People get so consumed with being with other people sometimes they don't understand it becomes a distraction rather than an advantage to be with people. I talked about how sometimes the more connected that you get to your own source and the more creative you become, the more isolated you become from others. Erica talked about how she creates her art and how every piece of art comes with words. I was enamored with her art on the walls. And if you go back to her webpage, you'll be able to see it. It's very abstract, but yet it has a a way of coming at you. She paints about stars and moons and galaxies. And what a wonderful gift she gives to people because not only does she paint it in pictures, she paints it with words. It was a glorious evening moderated by Elizabeth Alfano. I enjoyed her interjections because she comes from a place that's much different than the three of us. She's a creative artist herself and been in radio and television like myself, but she had a way of grounding the questions. It was a wonderful event because everyone got to participate which was my original goal of why I started the whole process of putting the expression of three together. Last week, I did my show live from, her, from the gallery, Hilton Gallery in downtown. Go back and listen to it. Erica was my guest, and she was so good at explaining the creative process and how it works for each one of us. I really tapped on putting her art into children's rooms because we talked about how if you pay attention to a child very young, they'll give you glimpses of their own creative soul and how their soul voice is going through their own senses to create who and what they are in the world. If parents pay a little bit more attention to that, I'm sure they'll be able to see where each one of us as grown-ups is going to head and how we can foster that with music, the written word, and art. After this short break, I want to expand on that just a little bit more. I want to talk about creativity in the arts and maybe we've been missing something that's there that we aren't taking advantage of and how we can, all of us can tap into the creative arts to find our soul self. I'll see you after the break. We'll talk about creative spirituality. Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. back. I'm Julian Moss-Bachman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Before the break, I was debriefing, so to speak, about last week's event I had, April 3rd, called Triumvirate Expression of Three at the Hilton Gallery in downtown Chicago. Now, it's talking about timing and how everything has to line up for things to happen naturally, organically, and authentically. That's a big word, isn't it? I was waiting for the right time when everything was aligned to get the right people together. And it was so magical, but yet it was so simple because everybody was in their lane and everybody could understand the creative process. I went to a party a couple of weeks ago, and at parties, do we not always do this? We go up to someone that we meet that's new and, and interesting, and you want to find out And what's the first thing we always say. Well, we always say, what do you do for a living? And at that party, I was struck because it, I, there were a lot of people I hadn't met, and I love meeting new people. I'm a little bit shy, I know that's hard to believe, but I'm really pushing myself to be more assertive about being the first to approach other people. Anyway, so it's always a good start, isn't it? Ask people what they do. So I was asking them what they did, and they would say, well, I'm an architect, but my real passion is photography, or my real passion is art. Or my real passion is writing, I've written a book, or I'm composing music, or or, or anything that uses the senses to be a more creative path than what they were doing. I have the lucky ability to put my passion together with writing and being on the radio as my career, and many people have pointed out to me in the past that I'm a lucky person because not everybody gets to do that, so I am very thankful about that, but after that party, I got to thinking about the presentation that happened last week, and this whole creative idea that maybe spirituality is not something we seek anymore. Maybe it's through our creative process of using the five senses. In my book, Beyond the Pews, I specifically go into the five senses. And I do talk about in that book that I don't believe our intuition, our own knowing, that inner voice that has the answers to everything that we need is outside of the realm of our five senses. Then I took it a step further when I started listening and talking and thinking about the presentation last week. Maybe we become to know ourselves more by doing what people label hobbies, outside interests, than what we do for a living. I put cooking in there, photography, photography, anything that taps into that place of the unknown within yourself. I look at Erica's art and I think, how can she do that? But yet she seems to just effortlessly paint strokes on a canvas. And she gets this look, and I know that look, and how many of you have seen that blank look on their face? like they're almost disconnected from what's going on around them and they're transported to a place that's beyond anything we see around them. As John was playing his guitar and he was, we were lucky enough to hear some of his new stuff, I'm always struck, I've seen him now forever, he closes his eyes and the reason he's closing his eyes is because he's shutting down one sense to heighten another sense. When I'm teaching Reiki or energy healing to other people that I've taught, I always teach them to close their eyes down first and feel their selves going through the energy of their hand. If you've ever seen me live, I do the same thing. <laughs> And sometimes it's a little distracting for people, but I just can't help it. I actually close my eyes down and I transport myself to an inward part where I don't even pay attention to what's going on around me. How many of you are able to find that creative process within yourself? Maybe we've been working too hard at reading things and meditating, and maybe it's a matter of connecting the dots. Maybe we should work on our creative expression to the world, as I talked about last week. Maybe that's the way people find that inner voice that everyone talks about, but yet is so darn elusive for so many people. I'm totally convinced now that the way to get us out of this crisis of how we're feeling anger and resentment towards each other is that we encourage our children when they start seeing these creative bouts coming forth to have them go inward when my son was really young. And I mean really young. He came into the house one day, and he looked at my dog and his dog, our dog, quite frankly, and he said, Mom, I really need to build a house for the doggy outside. And then he pointed to the electrical pole. And he said, but you need to explain to me how I can get that electricity that's going through there into the doggy house so he won't be cold. He was only four. (laughs) But it was at that crowning moment in my head, I thought to myself, how in the world is this young kid connecting the dots between electricity and voltage and atoms and all of these different molecules that are racing to create electricity into a doghouse? We fast forward and now he's a scientist and he's enjoying biology and chemistry. But it was those kind of creative moments that I think we may be missing in each other's lives or even the people that we work with. The one thing that I got last week was I think we need to be more creative. We worry so much about the outcome of how a painting looks or a poem rhymes, or a book sells, or the music is is expressed and listened on a CD. Maybe it's not so much the outcome of what happens, but as always, everybody talks about the journey. Now I'm beginning to realize how important the journey really is for people. Maybe we need to slow that process down and give ourselves a pat on the back for finding that inner source of expression through creative art. I'm going to continue down this path, and I'm going to continue everybody else to find their creative outlet as well. I hope that everybody attended last week, including some famous architects that have built all over the world, photographers that have taken pictures all over the world. There was one thing we always came back to was the expression of three. The arts, the music, the sound, the writing. It doesn't matter how it comes out, but maybe we need to pay more attention to that inner knowing of our creative expression instead of working so hard to chase something that maybe is already there and we just didn't know it. Please go back and listen to that show and you can find it at Change Already with Jillian or you can find it at my website, jillianmossbackman.com. I'm working extensively on the next series I'm doing, which I always have to do something that excites me as much as it does you. But between now and then, remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you same place, same time, high noon. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.